Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Power Play Quarterback. I'm your host, Jack Van Erman, and just wanted to thank you all again for following me uh, on this adventure. Uh, wanted to just thank you all for dealing with the hiatus of the last week. I uh, just had some stuff come up last week between work, grad school work, and things like that nature. So missed the episode last week, but here we are again this week. So just wanted to thank you for sticking by me through the hiatus, and let's get back to it. So just wanted to drop the socials again. You can follow us on Instagram at the underscore PPQB and on Twitter at the underscore PPQB. Um, and then the email is the PPQB pod at gmail.com. Again, this is for following along on the adventure. Um, you can usually I'll post opportunities to ask questions for the mailbag. Um, you can email in questions if you have anything you want me to talk about specifically on the podcast. Definitely feel free to reach out there. Um, those are the best areas to reach out for um, content for the pod because, again, I'm very fan-focused, and I want to drive this towards what you guys want to hear about. So thank you again. Um, so welcome back to the Power Play Quarterback, and let's get started with some segments. Uh, first things first, the Nermi Bombs. First Nermi bomb is Jordan Bennington got a contract extension of six years at uh, $6 million per, so a $36 million contract extension. Um, I think this is a good move for the Blues just because of Bennington's success with the team, won them a Stanley Cup. Um, I do think he's kind of fallen off in my opinion, so it's a little interesting for me to think that he got such a, a, a hefty deal, but... Um, for a starting goalie, I think that's that's right around the number that you want to get a guy. So I think it's a good number. Um, just wanted to drop that in because that happened yesterday. So any Blues fans out there, um, congrats on the deal. Congrats on locking up your starting goalie. He is still pretty young. Um, so looking forward to the future with him there. So um, I think it's a great signing. I think it's a great extension. So looking forward to seeing what he does with the Blues there. Um, on to the next Nermy bomb. And that's Connor McDavid being the first 250 points on the season. Now, normally I wouldn't necessarily consider this a Nermi bomb, but um, with the third Nermi bomb, I think that this is something I want to start highlighting with the success of players because um, this is such, this is going to start being a star driven league. Um, I think McDavid is showing how awesome he is and putting up 50 points this early in the season is pretty ridiculous. Um, and being the first to do it is something I kind of expect of Connor, um, just because of how good he is, how fast he is, um, how dynamic he is, and just how great of a player he is. So seeing Connor do this is pretty insane. Um, again, for those fans who haven't watched him, um, coming up, I'll talk about where you can start watching him more with uh, the third Nermy Bomb, because I think this is going to be kind of the turn of where, you know, I talk about. Um, the end of podcast, what games to watch. And I think we're all going to be able to enjoy watching things more on a more consistent basis. Um, so I think it's pretty great that uh, what's going on. And I think Connor has proven that he's, he's kind of becoming more and more the face of the league. Um, I think the league now more than ever has such great talent that it's kind of hard to distinguish yourself as the face of the league. 
when you got guys like Austin Matthews, you got guys on his team like Leon Dreisaitl, um, guys even, you know, in Calgary like Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan, Elias Pettersson, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Patrick Kane, um, guys just throughout the league that, you know, there's so much good talent, but I still think Connor is making a case every day to be the face of the league. So I think being the first to 50 points really does that. Um, and now, like I've mentioned, the third Nermi bomb. And that is ESPN and the NHL have signed a seven-year deal. Now, ESPN used to be the broadcasting partner for NHL, and that kind of went away with the lockout in the 0405 season. And ESPN or NHL moved to Versus and then moved to NBC. And they kind of have handcuffed themselves in terms of TV revenue and in terms of getting an audience. But I think moving to ESPN getting games, more and more games on ESPN Plus, um, you know, having games on a network that more and fan, more fans are watching, getting more and more coverage on SportsCenter. Um, I think it's a great thing for the league in terms of getting a bigger audience. And that kind of just coincides with what this podcast is all about. You know, I, I love hockey so much. And the whole point of this podcast is for me to get more people into hockey you know, we had Connor on the other week and we talked about how he's a basketball guy and how he's turned to love hockey through talking to me and watching games with me and watching games on his own. You know, I've had friends in college who told me they were never going to watch hockey. And then all of a sudden they hung out with me and they became huge hockey fans. So I think that this deal kind of correlates perfectly with the whole point of this podcast and my whole passion about getting more people involved in hockey. So Really looking forward to getting more people to watch hockey through ESPN, ESPN Plus, um, still NHL TV, still waiting to see how that works, whether it's only going to be ESPN Plus or they're still going to have the NHL TV package will be very interesting to see how that works. But, you know, still being able to watch the out-of-market games, being able to watch whoever you want on a given night, being able to highlight that star power, being able to see, you know, Connor McDavid play Austin Matthews in prime time on ESPN. And to see, you know, Patrick Kane play Drew Doughty again on prime time, even though, you know, they're kind of older players or, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning playing. Um, really anyone like the Dallas Stars again, you know, Stanley Cup rematch in prime time on ESPN. Um, I think it's really great moving forward that we have that new platform um again espn is only going to be the partial broadcast partner i think the other partner is still projected to be nbc so um over the seven years espn is going to have four stanley cup finals um half of the conference finals most of the first two rounds and then a lot of the primetime games throughout the season so it'll be really interesting to see how those things look throughout the season so um, I think it's a great thing for the league. I think it's going to be awesome. I think getting more fans involved, you know, Stephen A. Smith had his top five things he knows about hockey. And it was kind of interesting just to see what he even listed. You know, number five was about Seattle has a new team and, you know, talking about Barry Melrose and Steve Levy. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see who they have calling games. It'd be awesome to get Gary Thorne back in there. I would love if 
ESPN could somehow kidnap Jim Houston from CBC up in Canada and get him calling games because I love Jim Houston. Anyone who's played NHL 07, 08 and anything around in that area knows Jim Houston's voice and how awesome he is. Uh, the great um, call of great save Luongo um, and those things. So I think that having Jim Houston on the games, Gary Thorne on the games, um, I think the broadcast crews that they're going to bring in for that could be really interesting. And just, again, the countless coverage that they'll have throughout the day. Um, you know, they already have some shows on ESPN Plus and seeing what they actually bring to daytime television and just on the ESPN networks will be really interesting. Um, so that's kind of my spiel on that. I think it's a great move. Um, I think it, it really coincides with what we're trying to do here. So um, on to the next segment, the mailbag. You've got mail. And the mailbag, we're going to start with uh, a question from my good friend, Tony B. Um, probably our heaviest question asker. Tony B really likes to um, get me um, delving into my thinker box, really gets my brain going and thinking about how I want to approach these questions. And he has a really good question this week. And that question is the coolest players from my youth with the caveat that the further off the map, the better. Now, the first few names that kind of came off, I will say Tony B, um, they kind of came from the NHL 07, 08 days of my youth because those games are where I spent countless hours and hours and hours. And so, you know, you have guys like um, Alexei Kovalev, David Abisher of the Colorado Avalanche, Donald Brashear, um, were some of the names that came to mind right away. Um, I mean, I was always a huge fan of Chris Chelios, even though in that games, that was right around the time that he was already a Detroit Red Wing, unfortunately, and not a Blackhawk. Um, I always loved Steve Eiserman, even though, again, he was a Red Wing. Um, I was always a big Nick Lidstrom fan, even though, again, he was a Red Wing. Um, again, this was pre-Taze, pre-Kane, um, pre a lot of Blackhawk success. So it was a very interesting time. Um, Mike Madonna was another really cool guy for me in those games. Jerome McGinley, Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg, Adam Foote, John Michael Lyles, um, Rob Blake, Luke Robitaille. A lot of those guys were just guys that I thought were awesome, fun to play with in the games. Um, that was a young Alex Ovechkin, a young Evgeny Malkin, a young Sidney Crosby that I didn't even really like start playing with those guys because they hadn't even really totally made names for themselves yet. Um, playing with Team Canada in those days, and you still had like Roberto Luongo, the Cedine brothers, Matt Sundin. Um, I'm trying to think the like the list goes on. I spent so many hours on that game, um, the two games even um, that uh, just like the endless amount of guys that I just loved playing with, and just the endless amount of cool guys that used to play in the league back then. I mean, even guys that you can think about, like Pavel Bure, Grant Fuhrer in his time with Edmonton, 
Mark Messier is such a cool guy. Wayne Gretzky. Um, and forget what the game was called, but there used to be a game where there was Gretzky mode. And if you did enough things with between like completed passes and shots on net, you get like hero mode and you could unlock Gretzky for like a minute shift. Um, NHL hits in the big head mode. Um, those games were so much fun. Um, so many cool guys that have played through, um, you know, watching even like Miracle growing up and Vladislav Trediak was even super cool in my opinion, even though he was playing for the Soviet Union and um, him getting pulled in the um, game against the U.S. that's known as Miracle on Ice. Um, there's just I'm I'm all I'm like drawing a blank because. To be honest, I don't totally prepare for these podcasts. I jot down a couple of notes, but I think it's it's a lot more fun just to see how I can talk free flowing. So um, I think that those things are those guys that I've named are pretty pretty cool. Um, I know Tony said he had one guy in mind specifically that he was hoping I would hit, and I'm gonna feel like that it's probably a Boston Bruin, and I'm definitely not gonna think of him because. Sorry, Tony, I'm just not as big of a Bruin fan. Yermir Yager is another guy that's just so cool. Um, the amount of teams that Yager has played for, the fact that he's still playing in the Czech Republic at, like, 48 makes what Tom Brady's doing kind of minuscule. I mean, he's not playing in the NHL, but he is still playing at the top level in the Czech League. Um, Kovalchuk was always a cool guy. Pavel Datsuk. Henrik Zetterberg, Thomas Holmstrom, Johan Franzen, all Red Wings, um, Brett Hall, Bobby Hall, Dennis Savard, Stan Makita. This is just now me naming as many hockey players as I can name that I think are cool. Um, I think this is a really good question, Tony. I'd be interested to hear more of what you thought, um, more of the guys you think were cool from your youth. Um, I think that this will be a more interesting question for the people, um, our listeners moving forward as they start to pay attention more and more to hockey. Like, who do we think is cool going on? Um, like guys like Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Connor McDavid, um, William Nylander, who I like to, um, I always like to refer to him as Will Nye, the score goal guy. Um, you know, Patrick Kane, um, but again, more of the younger guys where you've got, you know, Kirby Doc, Bo Byram, um, Trevor Zegris that we mentioned on uh, the last pod, um, Cam York, who's coming out of Michigan, Owen Power, who might get drafted soon, um, Maddie Beneers, who's drafted and playing at Michigan, there's just there's so many guys where it's like as more and more of our followers start following hockey and start watching hockey, I think that this question is going to be really cool to see who people think are cool and kind of have that swagger and start having that it factor. You know, again, Leon Dreisaitl, um, some of those like defensemen, Victor Hedman, like I love Mikhail Sergachev. I think he's so cool. Um, he's got such a swagger. He's a cool Instagram follow. Uh, who else is kind of cool like that that I'm thinking of that's on the younger end? Um, 
I want to throw one more name out there that's kind of on a different team that I've mentioned. Um, Sebastian Ajo of Carolina, Tavo Teravainen, Ryan Dezingle, oh, Tim Stutzla and the Kachuk brothers, Brady and Matthew. I think all those guys are super cool, and I think there's so much talent in the league. Um, so I think that this is a really good question, and I would like to maybe run a poll or a survey to see who a lot of our listeners and fans of the pod start um, thinking of as cool players and guys with swagger moving forward. So great question, Tony. Um, I would really be interested to see who you thought was that off the map player that I missed. Um, Cause I'm honestly just drawing a blank and I feel like as soon as you say it, I'm going to be like, Oh yeah, totally missed that one. But um, oh, and the Dominator, of course, Dominic Kashik. Can't believe I missed that one. Um, next mailbag question, more of kind of, I guess, a demand from my good friend Cody. Uh, please slander the Canucks. Well, Cody, uh, let's take a quick gander at what the Canucks are doing in the standings. The Canucks are a whopping 12-16-2 through their first 30 games. And they are currently on a, let's see here. Sorry, I should have done a little bit more prep here. Um, they're not doing too bad recently. I mean, they're 3-1 and one in their last four, beating Toronto twice, Montreal 1-1, one 1-1 one, one one against Winnipeg, 0-2 oh against Edmonton, 0-2 oh against Winnipeg, 1-1 one one against Calgary, going backwards chronologically. I think, you know... There's ups and downs with the Canucks. I think that there's, you know, there's a lot to be said. I think there's a lot of good talent on that team. Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser, Elias Patterson. Uh, I think Demko is still finding his groove. I think he's still young enough that he can still get to that point of being a number one goalie. I think he's still kind of in that goalie purgatory where he's in between that starter backup um area i think he some nights he looks like he's elite like he did in the bubble and some nights it's like oh yeah he's definitely a backup um so and it's hard because you kind of want to lean on holtby too and holtby's just not been there this season um some nights it's hard to find scoring some nights it's hard to find defense some nights it's hard to find both and you get blown out and then other nights, it's like you got both going and you blow somebody else out. So it's very interesting to see what the Canucks are doing. I just don't see them making the playoffs in the north. I think of the seven teams, you've got Toronto's making the playoffs for sure. I think, um, let's see. So the other six are Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Vancouver, and who's the sixth one in Calgary? So I would say probably Edmonton's making it. Toronto's making it. That's two. Montreal is probably making it. And then I'd say Winnipeg's making it. So you've got Vancouver, Calgary, and Ottawa on the outside looking in. Um, I'd say Calgary and Montreal are probably flip-flopping. I think Winnipeg has actually shown that they're probably the third best team in the division. Um, I think Toronto's head and heels shown that they're the best team in the division and Edmonton's kind of right behind them. Surprisingly, I didn't quite have Edmonton that good. Um, but yeah, I think 
Vancouver's got some work to do. I think they can bolster up the blue line. I thought Travis Hamannick was going to be a little bit better. I thought Nate Schmidt was going to be a little bit better. You know, there's a lot of pieces on this team where I thought, you know, Vancouver might slide in as that fourth team in the playoffs. You know, I thought it would go Toronto, Montreal, Winnipeg, Vancouver, and Edmonton, Calgary, Ottawa would be outside looking in. Um, Just because Edmonton's got a lot of holes on the team that I thought they wouldn't be able to make a playoff run, but they just outscore the crap out of everybody. They just prove that defense doesn't always matter. And if you can outscore everyone six to four, you can still win games. Um, but Vancouver is interesting. I think they're still trending in the right direction for years to come. Um, but like we've talked about offline that Jim Benning and Stan Bowman are kind of the same person where it's like half the time they make a really good move. And half the time you're like, I want you fired this second because you need to stop. Um, like we talked about, I got reminded um, of the Chris Campoli play in the 2011 Game 7 first round between the Blackhawks and the Canucks. For those of you that don't know what that is, look up Blackhawks-Canucks overtime Game 7. Um, there's a play where Chris Campoli gets the puck. He should go off the glass and out. He tries to go across the middle and throw one in the air to make a breakout pass. Uh, Alexander Burroughs gloves it, knocks it down, takes two steps and blows one past Corey Crawford. And Vancouver wins in overtime in game seven and knocks out the Blackhawks. They end up going all the way to the Stanley Cup finals where they end up losing to the Bruins. Um, and Chris Campoli was actually a deadline deal that the Blackhawks made. Um, they went out and got him from Ottawa thinking that he would help them make a playoff run and he ended up costing them their playoff series. So um, thank you for reminding me of that, Cody. Um, so uh question for fans is um, what is the most heartbreaking um, sports moment that you've witnessed that you've erased from your memory? And then sometime later, three, four, six years later, someone reminds you of, and you're like, what the heck I, you know, I erased that from my memory and now I'm back in my feels. Um, Cause that's the one for me. Um, so that's just a little side question for people to kind of ponder. Um, but yes, Cody, I think while the Canucks are hot garbage this season, I still think they're trending in the right direction. I just think they need to get rid of Jim Benning, get somebody like yourself or I, who, you know, makes a little bit more logical decisions every time rather than someone who makes really good decisions and really bad decisions. It's better to make, have someone who makes average decisions every time than flip flops. Um, but yeah, the Canucks are hot garbage. Um, have fun missing the playoffs. Have fun uh, being below 500. Hopefully you get a good draft pick. Um, yeah. Have fun uh, losing to terrible teams in the North like Calgary and uh, Winnipeg. Um, and lastly, uh, last minute question from my good friend Basque. Um, Kirill Kaprasov, or Kaprizov, sorry. How is he so good? Like, can you explain to me why he's so good? Well, Basque, uh, this is a great question. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Kirill Kaprasov is um, a rookie for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, he came over 
from CSKA Moscow of the KHL. I think he was on CSK Moscow, not CKA St. Petersburg. I always forget because I mix up those two teams. Anyway, he came over from the KHL. He got drafted about three years ago by the Minnesota Wild in the first round. Um, he's a Russian-born player, so, of course, he wanted to play in the KHL as long as possible. He's playing for the Red Army team. I always forget which one is the Red Army team. So he was playing over there, doing really well. So, of course, he wanted to take forever to come over to the KHL or over to the NHL from the KHL. But he has proven to be an absolute dynamite factor. Um, for those of you who didn't catch the game last night between the Wild and the Coyotes, uh, there's about 13 minutes left in that game, and it was 0-0, and all of a sudden, Krill had hat-trick. Uh, there was a video where he comes on the ice, picks up the puck, goes around the net, um, comes out around the dots, walks over to the middle, and fires one past the goalie, and it was just like an insane shift. Um, really great edge work, really great hands, head up the whole time just an unreal play. Um, I'll probably share it on the social. Um, it was just a sick play. Um, but I think a lot of it has to deal with his development in the KHL. You know, he played on one of the best teams in the KHL. He's played on the Russian national team. He's played with some of the best players and he's just developed this confidence that he can kind of do whatever. And then he's had some really early success. Like in the first week, of the season, they're playing L.A. Um, they go to overtime. I forget what defenseman it was, but he goes to make a breakout. He goes to make a pass to the middle. And Kaprizov picks it off, walks in, and just beats the goalie on a breakaway from the blue line in to seal it in overtime. And, you know, right away scoring an overtime winner, first goal of your career in the first week of the season in your rookie year, it's going to kind of get your confidence going right away. So I think that there's things like that, that just kind of got him going. He is a little bit older. I think he's 23. So he's not quite that 18 year old rookie. Um, he's 22 or 23. So um, he's a little bit older. He's a little bit more mature. He's played, you know, against grown men a lot longer than your 18 year old rookies because he's been playing in the KHL. But, you know, the KHL is a lot different. It's a it's an Olympic size sheet, which means it's wider. There's more space. There's a lot less hitting. It's a lot less physical. There's a lot more time and space. You have a lot more time to think and digest what you want to do with the puck than when you get to the NHL, um, where it's a little bit more faster. It's a lot more physical. You have to make split second decisions. You have to know what you're going to do with the puck before you get it. You have to go to where the puck is going to be before it's there. Um, it, the North American game is a lot different than the European game in a lot of senses. And so a lot of guys don't adapt right away and he's adapted beyond measure. Um, he looks kind of like Panarin's rookie year in a lot of senses. I, that's like kind of the comparison of, you know, a guy who came over later and just absolutely blasted onto the scene in their rookie season. Um, so I think it's, it's a mix of the confidence and just the overall skill is, I guess, the long-winded answer cut down to, you know, a couple words it is just the confidence, the skill, the inept ability, and just just how he sees the game, I guess. You know, he's a lot of fun to watch. The Minnesota Wild aren't the most flashy team to watch, but I think 
Kirill the Thrill is making them a lot of fun to watch. So um, as we start moving forward to this ESPN deal and more and more games on ESPN Plus and ESPN Family of Networks, uh, I definitely think the Minnesota Wild are going to be a team to watch moving forward. So thank you for the question, Basque. Appreciate it as always. And finally, let's get into the games for the next few days. Going to just cover the next few days because I will get back to my Tuesday, Wednesday-ish recording of uh, the podcast. So we are going to um, just cover tonight, Sunday, Monday for games. Um, And hopefully be able to uh, highlight some more games as I've noticed, you know, ESPN Plus is now has had some games. We're going to cover those games a little bit more now realizing that more and more people have ESPN plus so that we can kind of cover those games for people to watch. And again, moving forward with this new ESPN and um, NHL deal so that more and more people can catch these games and be looking forward to them. So uh, let's get started. Uh, So for tonight, Saturday, we have Leafs and Jets. Um, This one's a little different just because it is on NHL TV, but it's the free game of the day. So I am going to cover it because, again, it's Leafs and Jets. It's the, in my opinion, it's the best team in the North and the Leafs against the Jets, who are probably the third or fourth best team in the North. Um, I think it's going to be a really good game. They've played each other to overtime the last two games. Jets won two nights or two games ago. Leafs won the last game on a, a sick move by Austin Matthews. Um, Again, really good game to watch. Two really good teams, full of talent. Um, I think I've mentioned this matchup a couple of times in the past, so won't go too far in depth on it. Um, and then Oilers Canucks are on NHL Network. I know I spent five five minutes or so bashing the Canucks, but I still think that they're an interesting team to watch. And we're always going to highlight Connor McDavid because he's Connor McDavid and he's always a delight to watch. Uh, that game is on NHL Network tonight, so definitely, if you can and you have that channel, definitely tune in for at least a little bit, if not the whole game. Um, watch Connor McDavid. Watch, just sit back and watch. Um, you know, there's a lot of arguments in the last week for my soccer fans about you know guys like Messi and Ronaldo are coming to the ends of the career. So enjoy every second of it. There's guys like LeBron who's coming to the end of his career. So enjoy every second of it. Connor's still super young, but let's still enjoy every second of it. Let's enjoy it while he's still in his heyday and he's still in his prime. Let's so let's, uh, let's watch the Oilers and Canucks tonight. Um, Sunday, we have the, um, Kings and Avs, which is on NBCSN. Um, That's the one national game for the week. I think it's mid-afternoon. It's about 4 o'clock Central. Um, It's been an interesting matchup as of the last few games. The Kings have been getting outshot by, like, 30 shots by the Avs. And yet Colorado's only winning, like, 2-0 or, like, by a goal. Um, So, you know, the Kings are still right in that. So they they could win this game tonight. I wouldn't put it past them. Um, but at the same time, Colorado's still really good. They still need to prove that they're a top three team in this division with St. Louis and Vegas, so they need to start putting things together. Um, So I also wouldn't put past Colorado to start figuring it out and maybe win this game by three or four, so I think it'll be really interesting to tune into tomorrow. Um, Nice little mid-afternoon. 
you know, like your late afternoon NFL kickoff game. So let's uh, let's tune into that one. See uh, <clears throat> see some nice Pacific Division game. Uh, and then there's the Battle of Ontario, which is Toronto and Ottawa. Um, this one would only be if you have the NHL TV package. It is a Canadian national broadcast. I uh, just wanted to highlight it, though, because I love the Battle of Ontario. While it's not been very close in recent times where the Leafs have kind of killed the Senators, I still think it's a lot of fun to watch. I think the Senators are becoming more fun and fun to watch this year with guys like Tim Stutzla, Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, um, Thomas Shabbat. I think that team's a lot of fun. I think they're going in the right direction to become really, really good in the next couple of years. So um, it's always interesting to see what an up-and-coming team does against one of the top teams. So if you do have the opportunity and the capability to watch that game, definitely check into it. And then finally, Monday night, we have Rangers Flyers on NBCSN. Um, a lot of the East matchups are really good just because it is kind of still the same division. Rangers Flyers is always a great matchup, um, even if one team's not doing as well. I know the Rangers are not having a great season, um, and the Flyers are doing really well, but you never know with the Rangers and Flyers. I mean, the Flyers, like always have these weird spells where in a season they'll have like a nine-game losing streak and in the same season they'll have a nine-game win streak. Um, and the Rangers are still finding some footing. So I, I like this matchup, again, because it's a national broadcast. But again, these two teams always just play each other super well. So I wanted to highlight it for that purpose. Um, and then getting into some of our ESPN Plus games, we have the Canadians and Jets, two teams kind of fighting for playoff spots. So I really like what... The Jets are doing, again, mention them against the Leafs. And then, you know, the Canadians are one of those better teams that's been playing pretty well. Um, you, you've got Jonathan Druin finding some footing. Josh Anderson's been playing well all season. Tyler Toffoli continues to fill the net. Um, Jesperi Kokaniemi and Nick Suzuki are finding footing. I mean, the team's just all over. Like, they're just coming at teams all over the place. They're hitting them full stride. They're like an immove, they're an unstoppable force. So I know that their record isn't quite showing as well as they've been playing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with them in Winnipeg on Monday. Um, but again, wanted to start covering some of these ESPN Plus games just because I know more and more people are having that network and wanted to start covering these games that are on the ESPN family of networks because of this new broadcast deal. Uh, and finally, our last game is Oilers-Flames, Battle of Alberta. Um, have mentioned this in the past, but this is one of the most heated rivalries in the NHL. Teams hate each other. It's like the Canadian version of um, – it's like the Canadian version of Red Sox-Yankees. Like, it's it's bad. Like, if you ask anybody in this area, like, it's Packers, Bears, it's Red Sox-Yankees. Um, it's Lakers Clippers, you know, it's that proximity. Um, it's that hate. It's that not liking each other at all. It's that, you know, there's going to be scrums. There's going to be, there's probably going to be a fight or two. Um, I would imagine if there's not, okay, they actually decided to play a clean game for once. Um, but again, wanted to highlight this game because it's on ESPN plus. So for my Newer fans who have ESPN Plus who want to see what they've been missing out on these last, like, 20 years, 
Um, Battle of Alberta is a great game. Again, you got Connor McDavid, you got Leon Dreisaitl playing in this game. You gotta you gotta watch as much Connor McDavid as you can. I'm not gonna lie. He's so much fun to watch. Um, and then the Flames are just a lot of fun to watch to begin with, too. Um, you got Johnny Goudreau. You got Sean Monahan. You got Matthew Kachuk. Uh, Mark Giordano is, even though he's on, you know, kind of that back nine of his career, he is still the captain. He is still really good. Um, Jake Markstrom is pretty, pretty solid in that still. So I think it'll be an interesting matchup. These teams always play each other really well, so... Just wanted to highlight this game as well to kind of wrap up Monday night. Um, so finally, I want to just thank everybody for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate the support through the hiatus last week. I know we missed a week, but um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening as always. Um, Going to be a quick turnaround here with probably a Tuesday recording. Um, so thanks again. And then continue to follow and support on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore PPQB. And then also feel free to email questions at the pod at gmail.com. Uh, going to try to get those socials going a little bit more. Um, always feel free to DM questions. Feel free to DM ideas for the pod, topics you want me to cover. Um, if you want to start doing some watch-alongs, I have some ways that we could do that where you know, we could start making almost like a podcast community and do a watch along for a given game. Um, we can definitely do that. So any ideas, feel free to shoot those along. I'm more than happy. Again, this is as much listener and fan focused as possible. So thanks for tuning in to the Power Play Quarterback this week. I'm your host, Jack Van Ehrman, uh, and look forward to seeing you all on Tuesday. there we're on the air it's hockey night tonight tension grows the whistle blows and the puck goes down the ice the goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane someone roars bobby scores at the good old hockey game oh the good old hockey game is the best game you can name and the best game you can name is the good old hockey game